Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and welcome back to Locked On Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk three days a week during this extended COVID offseason. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. And you know what? I'm excited to bring back my frequent co-host and good pal, Blake Stark. Blake, what's happening? It's been too long. Oh, man. Oh, man. It feels so good to be back here in the friendly confines of the of our downtown luxury studio. And you know, uh, Honestly, it really does feel good to be back. Yeah. It feels like we're getting some normalcy back into our lives here, and this is part of it. Yeah. It's a little crazy <laughs> trying to park now because apparently every downtown's parking space is, is set aside for a curbside pickup. I know. And nobody <laughs> has to. And the other people don't have to pay right now. So we're just all cramming in. Like oh, we, normally, don't have, we don't have to pay? No, you don't have to pay right I'll never get that 35 cents I know. back. <laughs> You're completely screwed. I know. They haven't, uh, they the haven't time, advertised that very yeah, much, but it is true. All the times I didn't pay and got away with it, and today I had some, had some quarters, so I fed that thing. I know. They're, they're not really advertising it, but it is true. You don't have to pay for now. They'll probably lift that in a week or something at this point. But What a sucker. Anyway, we got plenty to talk about here on Locked on Mizzou. I want to talk to Blake. There's been a bit of a couple debates going online among Mizzou fans. One of them is about whether Eli Drinkwitz, whether we've seen a bump in recruiting so far with this 20 2021 class also people have been talking about should mizzou the basketball team should we play three point guards at the same time next year maybe start three at the same time with drew bugs on the roster but you know what let's start with the breaking news speaking of mizzou basketball they've added a kid from springfield kickapoo named anton berkshire or berkshire i'm not sure if we're going with the english pronunciation there or not but a pretty interesting addition. I thought I was able to just quickly look at three minutes of his huddle highlights online. And I like the fact, just my first reaction is I like that we've added what looks like an excellent shooter here. Yeah, I'm just happy to have a prep kid signed, period. Right? right? You got Finally. a high school kid. Yeah. And one from the state of Missouri. Um, and the I think the just from reading the message boards real quickly, because this sort of came out of nowhere for me as well. Sure. But I reviewed it this morning. I think he was just offered a couple days ago yeah. and ended up accepting quickly. Yeah, so, so we're his first. He's got, he, you know, he had the, the typical, like, UNLVs, Creighton. I saw uh, Missouri State, Missouri State those, like Tennessee State were yeah, offers. Those kind of those kind of offers, and then we were the first Power 5 offer. But he's one of those kids that appears to be sort of a of a late grower. Yeah. So his, his thing is, I guess he started every year that he's been at Kickapoo since he was a freshman as a starting point guard and um the knock on him before was he was sub six foot so he was a five nine five ten five eleven guy and reports are that this summer he's he's gotten to six two and they think right. he may get even taller so sure so they're thinking you know this kid and, and his productivity and what he's able to do on the court at you know at five ten that's that's difficult to translate that to the sec level but if this kid is six two six three six four then you've then you really got something then maybe he moves into a, a top 150 top 75 type kid yeah, so I could, could see that an under the radar, you know, pretty good pickup for us. And um, you know, the, the highlights I saw, I didn't, I didn't actually get a chance to watch that huddle clip that you sent me, but I'd watched his highlights against. I think he dropped thirty three points against Oak Hill. That's true, he did. I saw that, and I saw all th- all all those buckets on a on a compilation on the Power Music website. And man, he's just he just attacks off the dribble. He's got a really nice behind the back step back that he gets yeah. off really quickly. And and he shoots confidently when he gets the ball. Now I didn't see I didn't see how many shots he missed during sure, that game. Exactly, but uh, 
you know, these highlight films are always well. Apparently, his percentages are good though. When you go back and look, he's he's shot really good percentages at times. I don't know exactly what his Kickapoo numbers were, but they showed some high level. I should say Power Mizzou reported some high level tournament, something like that. He shot you know forty four percent from beyond the arc, but yeah, it really stood out. Most of his attempts were off the dribble. He's definitely more of a combo guard than a catch and shoot type player at this point, and. I know it's the same thing you did. He has a really good step back move. Not only he can go behind the back with it or between the legs, and I just noticed he he uses a hesitation dribble a lot too. That would be would really keep you on your heels if you're a defender because you know he wants to step back at any second. So as soon as he hesitates, you're almost wanting to lunge at him, and then he can get by you. He's got some good ball ball skills, I think. Great head of hair too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's always a plus. But <laughs> you know, we yeah. always watch that. And also on, uh, you were saying we were mentioning the guys, the teams that had actually offered uh, Brookshire, Brookshire. Some Big 12 teams were starting to kick the tires, like Iowa State, I heard, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. So that sort of gets to your idea of maybe maybe it's a bit of a diamond in the rough, maybe a late bloomer here. Yeah. Um, from everything I've I've been able to see this morning, and again, this is the first time I really looked into him because it's the first I really really heard of him. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a great start to this class, and the 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 fact that this class, this 2021 class, is big is like is an understatement. I mean, we're gonna have six scholarships to fill in this yep. class. I mean, it's yep. if if Kanto makes it that far, the 2021 class is that definitely makes or breaks him, and it, and it probably sets the future for Mizzou basketball for the next three or four years after that. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be an important roster. class. Yeah, it's really crazy, honestly, the fact that we're we're in this spot with six six open spots. It's you know very reminiscent of after that 2012 season when Frank Hafe had to basically reload half the roster as well so hopefully the, the you know the team can can hit the same peak before it empties out yeah well the thing that, was with that you know i mentioned this a little bit in a previous show but that i really like that 2013 team they didn't they, you know they fell off a little bit they were flawed maybe fell off a little bit at the end of the season the problem wasn't that team the problem was the future it just didn't really do a whole lot for setting the foundation for the future as far as freshmen any freshmen that came in seemed to transfer out that type of deal so yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, just getting a, an actual what could be a four-year kid is is a nice start. I, I will say, even though he's growing a little bit, like you say, six-two, he had some nice uh, uh, finishes in the paint. You know, kind of running off the line, backdoor cuts, good good ball handling. But you do have to question: Is he going to be able to finish like that in the SEC? Because I didn't see any dunks, no above the rim type plays, and. As we've seen, it, it just gets harder every year if you're in a, a below-the-rim, like, 6'2 guy. I mean, you think about – that's one thing that makes Steph Curry low-key great is he can actually finish below the rim around all those big dudes. But you, you see all these circus shots he has to kind of make to be able to do it. You know, I, that's the one thing I'd question about him for sure. But, one you know, thing I, solid I would, vision, solid passing, but go ahead there. Yeah, one thing I was going to say is I would almost be a little more concerned if – you know, if if at six foot or you know six one six two at, at one hundred and ninety pounds, or whatever he's playing as pretty pretty thin kid still. If he was dunking on a bunch of undersized high school kids, sure, and that was his only well, yeah, way that he was of finishing course. at the rim. I then, agree. Then completely. I would be concerned that that would translate to the, the SEC level. But you see a guy like you know like Drew Smith, for example. I mean, he I don't think he dunked one time all last year, but he was right. maybe our most effective guy finishing at the rim because he. He's just aware of the fact. Knows so, how to use his body, right? If, if this yeah. kid hasn't been a high riser, sure. You know, maybe he's he's got 
you know the angles figured out. Maybe on, he does. You know, and double clutches and yeah. And, I just want to see it. Is just all clever, I'm clever yeah. ways to score at the rim rather than just going in there and overpowering people, which we have seen. You know, for example, like Trey Jackson dumped all, dunked all over everybody. Sure. In, in prep, you know, in, in AAU stuff, and we saw that a couple of times. Right. But he, I think he struggled a little bit with when we got to see him play. Um, I think he struggled a little bit with the physicality of, of the game and not always being able to athletically. Yeah, it was an adjustment the for him for sure. Across from so. For this kid, maybe I'm not saying it won't be an issue, but the fact that he doesn't go straight to the rim all the time, he appears to, you know, be able to go off the window and do other high off the window and stuff like that. He definitely shot some floaters too, yeah, some kind of in betweeners. Right, so if he can make that, then that that makes a huge difference right. right there. Obviously, so well, you know what? Speaking of things that may make a huge difference in your life, yeah, I got to tell you more about Built Bar because I will say. I'm kind of a guy who I yo-yo a little bit <laughs> throughout my life. Down? I'm, I'm yoing kind of. I'm yoing a bit up right now, but you're not too yo-ing. bad. But yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> yoing. Let's put it that way. But so if you've got to watch your weight a little bit, like I do, you know what? You still got to have that occasional treat, and I think Built Bar is the perfect thing for you because yeah, there's still a little bit of sugar, a little bit of carbs, but I mean just. Night and day versus, say, a Snickers bar. We're talking 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs, and that's in my personal favorite, the peanut butter brownie. Oh, yeah, that's where it's at. But, yeah, there's they have all kinds of different flavors, 8 nut flavors, 8 nut-free flavors. It's all, all the varieties you could possibly want. So just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So coming up, we'll talk about Mizzou football and whether Mizzou and hoops should start three-point guards with Drew Bugs on board. Well, Blake, I was pleased to see Missouri recently had dipped back into Texas, signing Darius Jackson, cornerback from Texas, after, well, the previous class getting Ennis Rakestraw, Ennis, Ennis, out of uh, Duncanville, Texas. He was a big addition. But, you know, what do you think about this recruiting class so far? For whatever reason, I'm really liking this class. And I, I'm wondering, am I paying too much attention because there's nothing else happening in the world of sports right now? I really like the quarterback, Tyler Macon. Basically, there's been kind of a debate. Some people are saying, well, it's kind of your usual star ranking class for Mizzou. But others are saying, I like this class. They're getting guys early. What's your feeling on the whole deal? I think that people get the – and I'm the same um, with the impression that the class is going well because it seems like these are early offer guys that they're getting and they're in-state guys. That seems So these are they seem to be priority targets for the staff that they're getting able – they're able to convince early on to commit. Sure. Um, and then it also seems, I think, that, again, you know, there's not a whole lot else to pay attention to in sports right now, but – the social media presence of of this coach of you know of of, of drink and the, yep. just generally the the football staff it, it, every time there's a commit you know there's the there's the incoming you know they're, they're calling it the bat signal sure. it's the tiger roaring the tiger roaring you know uh-huh. and then people's like what what's who's, who's coming who is it now who's coming now did I just lose no nope, you're good you okay. dropped off for a second I'm not um, sure what happened yeah so it you know so it it just builds up a little anticipation for it and but I mean th- I think these kids are are good kids. Um, uh, particularly the, the quarterback Tyler Macon, he's been very vocal since he committed. Yeah, kind you know, of a and, cheerleader for us. Yeah, so a cheerleader far. for everything going on in St. Louis, and you you hear good stuff from the other coaches and like the East St. Louis coach 
has been retweeting um he's been retweeting graphics from Mizzou showing like all three of those high profile players making in the two wide receivers for me St. Louis high school yep is that coming to Mizzou so it just seems like there's a there's a momentum building here um and I think we have as many Missouri recruits already for this class as we ever did to any any single class under Odom so um yeah just the speed at which we're getting them is impressive too and like you say you would think it that that means we really want these guys. These are guys that Drinkwitz and his staff have evaluated, and hey, let's go. They're ready to go. I like it. Yeah, just he he just seems to have this social media presence that that Barry never had. Right. And every time I every time I see him do something, it seems to be just on on brand and on message and and the right thing to say. And there'll be clips coming up of him speaking to coaches in St. Louis, or you know, he did a thing with I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Chase chat that he did with Chase Daniel that I thought was excellent. Yep, uh, he was great on there as well. Um, he seems to be aware of the history of the program and, and with Coach Pinkle and Daniel and all these guys, and has a connection with these guys. So he just he just seems to be doing everything to keep the Mizzou football brand and you know in in focus. And, and it seems like you know the and also feels I guess maybe this is. Just kind of came to me, and, and hope maybe I'm wrong about it, but it sort of feels like a pinkle class shaping up, where you're getting these Missouri kids, but then you're also getting kids from familiar places like Texas. Yep. So what we got we got used to success was Missouri kids and Texas kids, and and it seems like if you can build it that way again, you know that's we we're, that's a familiar blueprint for success for us. So it seems like it's confirming that we're headed the right direction. Yeah, I agree, and. Just back to the Texas thing, I made this point quickly recently. I just think the shift to Florida was a huge mistake and ended up not really yielding any results. So I don't know how long it's going to take to rebuild that infrastructure in Texas, per se, but I think it's worth trying, and this is this seems like a good start to me. But yeah, By just, the way, I never got the – that whole argument just was always so hollow to me that these kids, they're not going to come play – at Mizzou because they won't yeah. play one game in Texas. Sure, like I mean that's that's such a little part of the of the college, the whole college experience is right. four years here, and it's all these. I mean, it's and by the way, if you're yeah, let's say you're from I don't know the Houston area, Lubbock is still a really long drive. By the way, yeah, it's about <laughs> like, as far to, to Lubbock as it is to Columbia. It's honestly, out, it's yeah, you know, it's probably seven hours yeah. from Lubbock to Houston or something. I mean, it's it's close. Let's put it that way. Houston or Houston, Texas is a gigantic landmass. So I don't know. I, I'm with you. Just this, I that is somewhat of a draw. Of course, I mean, if you're from near one of those places, then great. If you're from Waco, then I, I guess maybe one time in four years. You're from that area. You'll get to play Baylor, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I just and plus the other thing that was maybe underestimated somehow is that well, just because you're from Texas, you may grow up a Longhorn fan, but you probably just grew up a football fan in general. And it's pretty flattering when you get offers from an SEC school. I've got to imagine. So I think we underestimated the cachet maybe there. Well, yeah, and LSU gets Texas players all the time. And, sure, and you know Florida gets Texas players, and Georgia gets Texas players. Sure, and Texas players go where they want to play football, where right. the program will sell them. They don't just okay. Well, I'll, I'll okay. Well, I guess I'll take this offer from Missouri. Right. I don't know much about them, but I know I'd get to play here uh, t- at least twice right. in four years. Right. And that's the whole reason I'm going to commit the whole four next years of my life and my you know potential football career and academic career to this coaching staff because we'll get to play in the state two times over the next four years. Right. I just never bought that we should abandon Texas because we don't have that to sell anymore. I agree, especially once you've already, again, established 
the infrastructure, for lack of a better phrase, the connections, the the, the, the pipeline, right. the site. And we've talked yeah. about how Dallas has the second largest, you know, Mizzou alumni base outside of outside of Chicago. So. Yeah, outside of Missouri. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, I guess that's what, what I meant. But yeah, um, I mean, that's not something you abandon. And you know, sure, people, all the kids that that saw Chase Daniel come up and play for Mizzou, I mean, they're they're becoming college kids now and they right. remember that they remember these Texas sure. kids that had success in missouri so yeah that just turn your back on that because there's not a game at lubbock every other year yeah and, and also it's not as though as you know the 2018 season was disappointing in some ways let's not forget that team was pretty darn good too and had at least one huge top 10 victory on the road but you know just really quick i do want to mention you said how social media savvy we seem to be right now whoever is doing our graphics right now on our social media is doing a bang up job i have no idea who this person or or persons are but keep keep doing you because i love the stuff with you know we've already got graphics with like tyler macon and a all white missouri get up throwing to his high school teammates those two receivers that's great stuff i mean you gotta love seeing that if you're a high school kid so that's pretty neat yeah and if this, this this person is like a grad student or some kind of yeah you know, let's keep let's them on staff them i yeah. was gonna say let's just start <laughs> paying a position, them a salary right. please get yeah them going. absolutely Lock keep them up. on board i like it well let's find out speaking of things we may or may not like Coming up after the break, I'm going to ask Blake what he thinks about Missouri possibly starting three guards next year. Well, Hawaii transfer Drew Bugs now in the fold next season for the Missouri Tigers. There's been a big debate online about whether Bugs should start with his two other point guard or combo guard, smaller guard, lead ball handler type guys. Basically, should Drew Bugs be in the starting lineup with Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson next year? That's the question. And I guess the four obvious starters are Pinson, Drew Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, and Kobe Brown. But then I guess the question is, should you start Javon Pickett again? Maybe does Torrance Watson improve this offseason, perhaps find his shot again? Did we forget Mark Smith? So Mm -hmm. I guess it is. it would be Mark Smith then. So I guess then maybe the idea is, do you go even smaller, take Kobe off the floor then? See, personally, I just think starting three is is maybe a bridge too far. Yeah, I don't. uh, This is the first I've really thought about it, and i got to tell you, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't see... So we talked a little bit about, you know, you and I not on the show, but off off the show about what Drew Bugs brings and that he's a good, you know, pass first point guard and I've seen some some film of him that looks like it's pretty good and pretty effective, but I don't see that he does I don't see that he's better than Penson or Drew Smith right right away. Like I don't I don't see him taking minute I think backing up both of those guys instead of taking minutes sure. from those guys. And I, I certainly don't think I can I mean, see two on the floor at the same time, no yeah, problem. Basically, I would have two probably two of those three guys on the court more often than not, and certainly one on the court at all times in all important situations. But I just don't see their skill sets. I think they overlap a little too much to put all three on the floor at the same time. Plus, defensively, you're just tiny at that point. Yeah, and I just, you just need to have the ball in, in Pinson's hands and, and Drew Smith's hands and I don't. You don't need to necessarily have another guy that needs to have the ball to right. to contribute on there as well. Sure. Then you're going to turn. I mean, I don't think I don't think either one of us wants Xavier Pinson to be a, a a shooting guard, like a spot up shooting guard. I think you want him bringing the ball to the court and attacking the rim. Yeah, you certainly want as, him attacking the defense a lot for sure because that's his strength. Yeah, um, and then I don't. You know, Mark Smith. I. It's hard to know what you're going to get. I mean, if you get a healthy Mark Smith, sure. If, if it's Mark Smith from 
two years ago, then right. then I want him on the court. Right. You know, I, we need that shooting. Right. I don't think Drew Bugs is known for his outside shot. Or He's definitely like not. No. Um. I I don't want I don't want to take anything more away from Kobe Brown. You know, we we need the young guys to play. I think Kobe Brown could have played more last year, and I like I like what he brings. You know, he's got a little bit of an outside game. He's got that point forward kind of game. Yeah, where he can definitely he can a little bit. He, he can, can rebound. He can yeah, he can guard. You know, four positions. So, you know, I like Kobe Brown there. Um, Javon Pickett. I I think he gets overexposed currently. So I'm definitely, not, I'm not concerned about taking away his minutes. I, I think he can be really useful in stretches to be a defender and a and an effort guy, but. You know, I I don't necessarily want him in the starting lineup anymore. Um, I'm with you. It just it just seems like we've kind of found his limits offensively. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know Watson. I ideally I would like Watson to start. Sure. I'll be honest. I, I'd like to have that Watson from two years ago where he was a confident shooter and it seems like he can do more things. But I don't I don't know if is he is he what he was the second half of the conference season two years ago or is he what he was all of last year? So right. I'm not sure what we've got there. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't think. Anybody can be sure about what they have in Watson for next year. All I'll say is I'm not ready to give up on him yet. That My instincts are just telling me maybe last year was just a terrible year. And I'm saying maybe, by the way. I'm not predicting this by any stretch of the imagination, but we've seen him do it before. It just seemed like it just it, it went downhill on him last year at a certain point. And he just lost his confidence. And that happens to shooters sometimes. So I'm just saying – Get in the gym, get it back, just work on, you know, maybe there's a little tweak he can make in his in his technique. I, I'm just not ready to give up on Torrance Watson is basically what I'm saying. And and by the way, just one final point. You kind of remind me of something about Kobe Brown. I've talked a lot in the past about how I wish Mizzou would play smaller. Well, playing smaller, to be clear, that doesn't necessarily mean that every guy has to be six foot two. It just means small like Kobe Brown fits into that because he's a ball handler. Even though he's six foot seven, he still fits into the small prototype. Especially assuming he was a, a more consistent three point shooter last year. He certainly wasn't afraid, but efficient, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I think even you know you could you could incorporate a guy like Tillman into playing small because oh, he's, sure. because he's fast and he's mobile. I agree. So it's, you can I, always have a, a five out there yeah. who can crash crash the boards and all that stuff. I just don't know that you can. It's really hard to play efficient offense with two of those guys on the floor now. Well, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And we, we you have yeah. one of them for sure. But I think even some more so than than playing small is just playing with some pace, and that's the thing that we've we've asked for repeatedly from from Conzo. honestly. That's just, what I'm asking for all of college basketball because the point's been made that actually Missouri wasn't that slow of a team last year, at least relative to the rest of college basketball. You know, maybe we were 80th in pace or something, which puts you in the top. 25 30 percent but the problem is if you just compare all of college basketball today versus 15 20 years ago just the whole game is so slow now it's just weird when the nba seems to be quickening the pace college just seems to be glacial it's really kind of bizarre to me i think missouri should should zig while everybody else zags or whatever the the cliche is there i guess this is probably a, a deeper conversation than we have time for in this last segment but i just 
I just start to wonder, like, we'll tease it. like, like, why it is that the game has slowed down so much? Because they've made changes in the past, you know, in the sure in the last couple I, years. Like, the the shot clock is is less than I just it used think, to be. I just think the coaches are micromanagers for the most part. The, They're just obsessed with controlling every play, every pass. I, I don't know. I think that's what it is more than anything. So that and the and the fouls and all this other right. stuff. That, well, that, that too. That I mean, that's down. yeah. That's almost a whole other discussion. The replay and everything is just. I'm I'm over it. But they just, anyway, yeah, they just need to find a way to to whatever they some kind of time machine and, and turn college basketball back to 1989 1990 no and it, just let it go because that's when it was great well part of that is the talent too i mean you just had so much more talent because guys would stay to their sophomore junior senior year so much more often but i'm with you just the style of play is just so much more pleasing to watch that even when yeah, but even even, when it's funny when you see guys shooting corner jump shots that are you know three feet inside the line that's always a little strange but i love it honestly i, I love watching basketball from that era at least college-wise a lot, a lot better to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Dude, shrink the three-point line back down. Let's get – Yeah, I, seriously, I, I, miss, I miss 80s and 90s. Let's <laughs> score 115 points in a college game. I don't care. Well, the thing Let's is – Let's not score 55. I honestly think if you moved the three-point line back in to where the high school line currently is, back, you know, just the top of that key – I, th- I really don't think you'd see a huge difference in the amount of threes taken. I just think you'd see more go in. I'd be okay with that. I don't think it makes that much difference in spacing either, to be honest. It would have made a big difference for us last year. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Torrance Watson is, is shaking his head right yeah. now in, in serious agreement. But you know what? Thank you all so much for joining us here on Locked on Mizzou. Once again, hey, be sure to check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, our, new, our latest and greatest addition to the Locked On Podcasting Network. So, for Blake, I'm John, and until next time, you're list- you've been listening to Locked On Mizzou. Mizzou.